Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Root for safeties this season with your friends at Superbook Sports. So if you bet with Superbook this football season, they're going to give you a $50 bonus if a safety is scored on a Sunday. In this case, there was a safety scored this Sunday, I believe, courtesy of our friends with the Carolina Panthers. Baker's always good for a safety or something stupid, right? For, for right now, he is. Nick, so if you bet... With Superbook this weekend, you're going to get 50 bucks from a punter running out of the end zone at the Plano quarterback sack worth two points. Root for chaos and win money with Superbook this fall. Download the Superbook Tennessee app right now and start rooting for two with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Get in problem call 1-800-889-9789. There were two safeties this weekend. The uh, the punter ran out of the end zone in the Giants game. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, intentionally, right? At the end I missed that game. I just saw the result, which was crazy enough that the, the Giants actually yeah. won the damn game, but... That was a super early kick on Sunday. The only two points that the Packers scored in the second half were because that sa- that intentional safety. Did you watch that game live? Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Were you, uh, you betting on it too? Yeah, I had I had Giants yeah. plus thirteen and a half. Look at you. Second half, I hit that and uh, oh. and and look what happened. I mean the 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 Packers and again like that's what the Raiders are going to have to do tonight to keep it close. Yeah, uh, is do exact recreate exactly the same game plan. That uh, that 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 the Giants did, which is let's just feed whoever it is. It, was, ball. it wasn't even Saquon. That was the amazing thing. It yeah. was mostly just Daniel Jones and like these dudes I've never heard of. Uh, and and that's like what the Giants do. They win games uh, with nobodies. I mean, it's very very impressive. But yeah, two safeties. So yeah, you're cashing the easily. Coach is really good. Uh, yeah, the, Brian the, Dable. Yeah, Dable. Yeah, very yeah. very good. He's he's actually legit. Like so, yeah, he's very he's very good. He's he's up there. I mean, to have that team four and one, no question. Amazing. About it. Uh, okay, so talk a lot of NFL today, but there was some controversy uh, in college football, courtesy of who else? Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Deion Sanders and Jackson State took on Alabama State, which is where our old friend Tony Madlock is the basketball coach, right? Yeah. So a little connection there. Um, and they didn't look great. It wasn't a uh, a dominant performance by any stretch of the imagination, but Jackson State did win the game. And afterward, there was uh, a heated exchange at midfield between Alabama State coach Eddie Robinson Jr. and Deion Sanders where Deion comes in, they shake hands. But then all of a sudden, Eddie Robinson sort of like throws his arm up and, um, and, and, and just basically, you know, it, it, was very, it was very weird, but he pushed him away. Um, and then after the game, again, which Jackson State won, uh, we've got two. my clip is getting funky here. I apologize. Well, so while we're waiting on that, uh, essentially uh, Eddie Robinson uh, went on we to, go. I got to take major issue with Deion Sanders, and this is what he had to say. Uh, well, I guess me uh, being up front is just like uh, I thought it was a lot of disrespect the whole week. And so you're not going to be disrespectful the whole week in the media. Uh, we didn't talk in the pregame. I was out there the whole time at the 50-yard line. Uh, he walked through our, our whole offensive, I mean, our whole huddle on, on our end zone and came a long way around to get to his side of the field in the pregame. Thought that wasn't classy at all. 
and so in the post game, I'm not about to give you that old Obama bro. You know, I'm gonna shake your hand. I'm gonna go on. I'm, I'm gonna always be respectful and respect the game. You know, you got the great guys, WC Gordon, Eddie G. Robinson, those guys, Reno Castle. That I, I'm, I'm living on the shows of the swag. Uh, he ain't swag. You know, I'm swag. He ain't swag. So he's in the conference doing a great job. Can't knock that. Got a great team. Son should be up for the Heisman Trophy win. I love Shador. Great player. I love what he's doing for the conference. Uh, probably one of the best things we had since that Steve McNair when he was in there. Love all of that, but you're not going to come here and disrespect me and my team and my school and then want to bro up. Shake my hand and get the hell on. Period. You got the W. Great job. I hope he comes back next year. I, I pray he don't get a par five job so we can play them next year in Jackson, and I pray they put us for their damn home. Coach, would you describe it? Were you just trying to pull away from his handshake there? Yeah, yeah, I was just pulling away. I mean, we, we handshaked and that was it. I mean, it, it ain't no need for no embrace. You know, we ain't friends. He ain't never called me. I ain't never called him. Great player. Uh, shit, everybody wanted to goddamn be primetime as a little kid. All right, great player, all of that. Played against him, got tons of respect for the guy. Doing a great job as a coach, but you can't do all that stuff all week. Ain't no timeouts. Take a damn knee. You want to try to run a hitch and go. So we started blitzing. We're going to knock him out of the game, too. So that's how we got to play I mean, yeah, it ain't no quarters given. So you want to do that, don't come with me and try to bro hug me like we're friends. We ain't friends. You didn't shake my hand before the game. Why you shake my hand after the game? Period. That's it. All right. Jeez. <laughs> so uh, Eddie Robinson Jr., the son of, of, of uh, yeah. le- coaching. The college, legend. Yeah, college ball coaching legend, uh, Eddie Robinson. Very salty. Very, very salty, and he is saying, basically, a that Deion Sanders ain't swack, uh, and that because he uh, had a backup quarterback in running hitch and goes in a game again, it was not, uh, you know, thirty eight to nothing. No, right? It was the final score was twenty six to twelve, um, and Alabama State was up six zero after one. It was ten to six the half. Um, it's always hate when coaches get like this, right? Right. If you have a problem with him doing that, stop it. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, you have a defense. That's it. Stop it. Um, And so, and we're going to get to Dion in a minute, but I just think on the surface, uh, it's a... a, Is that a... He's stretching it here a little bit. Eddie Robinson looks jealous. Right. Eddie Robinson Jr. looks like he is jealous of well, Deion I, Sanders. When I heard his quote before I heard Dion's, the first thing I thought was, I don't hear much there, A. Yeah. And B, these coaches sometimes just don't talk before the well, game. It, it almost sounds like he's like he's resentful of Dion that A, Dion comes into the league. Um in, in a league that, let's be honest, like there's no great television package. Right. There's not a lot of interest in this league, right? These school, schools do not play for national championships. And he's been grinding his whole life. And here comes Deion Sanders, right? And all of a sudden, now the swag is this new hot thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Jack State's a good team. They're beating him, yep. right? They're they're winning against everybody in the league. They're getting the best players. They've turned it up on, on its head. And he clearly feels like Dion has not paid homage to him. I don't – that's stretching it, man. Like, you're lucky to have him in your league. Well, that's, that's the way – that's the way he should feel, right? right? And but, he says it sort of, but he does it with with a caveat. Well, of, I mean, he, first of all, he didn't say hello to me. No, he said exactly the like bro he, hug thing. Yeah, like he's 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 salty because Deion Sanders doesn't text him or something. Right. Like he's yeah. he doesn't talk to me ever. You know, it remind. I, I wonder if this is sort of how people in the AAC feel about Penny behind closed doors. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? I could Be- see that because Penny doesn't do the stuff right. Right. Like Penny doesn't do anything other than what he's required to do by the league. Right. He ain't friends with these coaches. Yeah. Right. He ain't. He ain't got. He doesn't have to be. No. Deion, and that's just not. By the way, I, it's not that it doesn't occur to him not to do it. That's just how he is. Exactly. Right. Like a hundred percent. Like Frank Haith probably never really chatted much with him before he called him and goes, "Hey, you want to work with me?" But yeah, but you can't as an opposing coach, right? And I feel like the, the, the there's got to be a greater good with the swack, especially right. Because it is such an underrepresented league that you should be grateful right. that Deion Sanders. Now, again, I, I'm not asking you to worship the guy because <laughs> right. I think Deion can be a headache yeah. in and of himself. But in terms of this particular and this specific incident, I thought it was a horrible look 
for the Alabama State football program, and I thought it was a low moment for for Freddie Robinson. I think he's better than that. Yeah, I think he's be- he was look. He lost a hard fought game. I I'm sure he really wanted to win it, right? He didn't, and uh, and 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 he clearly feels like Dion should have been doing something. I mean, I I don't know of any other college uh, you know football coach who's texting the other. Maybe besides Lane Kiffin and tweeting to Mike Leach before sure. the game, but that's because Lane Kiffin's a maniac, mm-hmm. right? And so is Mike Leach. Yeah, he is. So I don't know of any other college football coach. Is he supposed to be texting him throughout the throughout the week? I I don't know if there was. I didn't see it. I didn't see any comments from Deion Sanders disrespecting Alabama State. Um, I, I it's, the score is twenty six to twelve. It's not fifty six to ten. It's not sixty eight to zero. Right. It's twenty six to twelve. And my fundamental. Uh, what I fall back on all the time in these situations is uh, if you have a problem with what the other coach is doing schematically, then guess what? Stop it. Right. Just stop it, and 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 it won't happen. Now that we have not yet heard Deion Sanders' response, Deion Sanders, of course, did hear about Eddie Robinson's comments later, uh, and this is what Deion Sanders had to say. So I don't know what he was thinking that I was going to be, and then I heard him also spew out comments about what did I say leading up to the week. I think I was a darn good salesman leading up to the week. Did we sell the game out? Well, Did we sell the game out, yes or no? Had they ever been sold out here? So I thought I did my job. I thought I should be applauded, really. Coach, you often talk about uh, dominating your opponent. I try to. And, but do you feel like you dominated Alabama? No, no, we, we weren't dominant today, we won. Okay. Yeah, we, we won. Sometimes uh, it, it don't go like you desire it to go, but we got the W. I'm, I'm proud of that. Yes, sir. Uh, Nick, my man. How you doing? What's going on, boss? Good, good. Uh, when, when the game kind of ends on a salty note like that, I, I know there's two things. There's, there's the competitiveness, but there's also the trying to uplift one another, raise the profile. That's what I do every day. Does, does an ending like this bother you? Do you want to see some sort of resolve? No, no, because I heard the things he spoke. You got to, I listen, I listen very carefully when people are upset because usually what they say, they mean it. I'm not one to come back the next day and going to pick up the phone and you're going to apologize and we straight. No, not whatsoever. You meant that mess. And one of the comments that kind of disturbed me out of all the comments is I'm not swag. Who is? I got time today. <laughs> Who is swipe? Wow. If I ain't swipe. Who is swipe? If I ain't swipe. Who is swipe? If I ain't swipe. Who is swipe? Baby, who is? One more. I'm feeling good now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my man is on it. Yeah, by the way, uh, what are the odds? Eddie Robinson Jr. is not actually the son of the great Eddie Robinson. Small where he's not. Oh, there you go. So I apologize. Uh, somebody tweeted me that. I, I, I assume same sort I, of, I actually assumed right? it, too. That's what happens when you assume, right? My yep. apologies. Uh, either way, uh, I, I... He's head coach at Alabama State. It's in the HBCU. Right. You know, I mean, you know... It may, it's, swack, it's, you know. It's sort of... It's uh, uh, easy mistake to make. I, this is... I tell you what, though, this helps the swack this whole thing because oh, it, it puts this does. thing up. A, a, it ratches everything up. You it know, definitely what does. I'm not saying that it, the, the coaches in the swack should worship the ground that Deion Sanders walks on. Um, like, I, but uh, Eddie George is in the league, though, too. You he, know? He, no, I mean, you're right. He, Deion's not the only one. Yeah. But Deion is the guy that gets people talking. That's right. Well, it's because of the style. Right? I can tell you yeah. definitively that there is no chance in hell that we would be talking about a Jackson State-Alabama State game ever no. if not for Deion Sanders. Right. Right? Yeah. So – like, and it was big news when he got the job. Oh, of course, it was all over our air. And, and and look, he's proven to be a great coach. Yeah, he's at least in that league, right? Sure. I mean, he's he's dominating that league. And he's, do the same thing, I think, in another league too. Would be my opinion, but we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, he's going to get a shot. Yeah, he is. You know, he's going to get a shot. He's going to get a chance to prove it. Sure. But I just I I, I heard that from from uh, the coach at Alabama State, and I was just very disappointed um, because I think yes. Uh, you know, do you wish Dion was something that he, you know, uh, wasn't in the in the sense of do you wish he was maybe a little bit more intrapersonal with you? Okay, right. but he's prime time, man. He doesn't have to be that. It's just like again, I go back to I I think of Penny Hardaway here. Like, how stupid would the South Florida coach sound 
if he said, man, Penny Hardaway, don't text me. Like, you would sound like an idiot. We kind of got a little bit of it with Rick Barnes, but it was different because right. Rick is yes. not a talker yes. like Eddie Robinson Jr. Yes. Like, Eddie Robinson Jr. just gave him the, the friggin' cold shoulder and did yeah. the, the bro hug thing. Like, in its own way, from the... I mean, let's be real. The white coach from East Tennessee, you know, like he did that in his own way with Penny a little bit. It yep. just wasn't so – Yep. it was very passive-aggressive. No, it, it was. You're exactly right. But I, I think you'll see another moment like this with Penny as long as he's in that job. That'll come again, I think. Oh, no. I mean, I think especially, you know, uh, as he's going up against these guys for players and things like oh, that yeah. and the transfer portal. They're going to get salty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but that's just – that's what it sounded like to me. Um, just a, a coach who – uh, you know, and 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 Dion talked about it in a separate part of that clip where it was a backup quarterback. They're trying to get reps. I have no problem, like trying, yeah. especially at the college level, where you know all backup quarterbacks mostly suck. Yeah, you know, because they're young or whatever. Yeah, yeah. unless like, they got a package like this dude. Like, when else are they supposed to get experience? Right. Uh, if not at the end of games, it. you know. Yeah. I mean, so I feel like. You know, in the NFL is one thing where it's professionals and there's a sort of script that you follow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in college football, like if Memphis is beating the crap out of uh, North Alabama, right? If they're up 63 to zero, right? Yeah. Why shouldn't Ryan Silverfield be allowed to play Tevin Carter in the second half of that game and get that kid some reps? Absolutely. And, and, and by the way, not just hand the ball off, right? right? Well, I mean, wh- see what he's got. What what what, what good does that do? Right? What good right. does it do to have Tevin Carter in there just hand the ball off 15 times? That's not experience. That's not right. That's not going to help him. He needs live reps. He needs to take some shots down the field. You know, I feel like coaches should understand that. I don't think there was any kind of moral code that Deion Sanders violated at all. I think that's being used as an excuse because you don't like the way Deion does business. You don't like the way Deion promotes his program. And let's be honest, you don't like the shine that Dion gets. Yeah, I mean, I thought Dion made a good point where he said, you should probably be thanking me because this game sold out. Did that's they, 100% right. Did they ever sell out before? That was a major point. Right. And, I thought, and that's where he started getting on one where he said, if, he, if I'm not swack, who's swack? Like, they, that league kind of needs him. Like, it's probably the best thing that's been going for the league. Yes, and then uh, did you see his... Uh, his son posted about it. No, it is Shakur. Deion Sanders Jr. posted about it. It's cool when it's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. Oh wow! So I mean, I, I do. I really, I really, truly believe that this is simply just sour grapes because Eddie Eddie Robinson feels like there's some kind of like uh, you know he, some obligation from Deion Sanders. But I really think it boils down to. Dion and that program have gotten more shine than yeah. that league has ever gotten. I do ever. I do think that Eddie, and this is not what his point was. He, he, there is a point to be made about Dion. I think for the larger, greater good, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of related to the Liberty Bowl and that game. Man, like there is an opportunity here for Dion to keep playing that game. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I realize that's money, and he's trying to get more money in that university's pocket, which yep. is really the name of the game, I guess, if you're a head coach. But, like, I do think that there are going to be some PR ways that Dion can use his luster and it, before he leaves to, like, take this thing to another level. And there, there might be some responsibility there. You yeah. Know? That, uh, that has nothing to do with him disrespecting Eddie Robinson. Yeah. And by the way, like, the lead up to it was uh, this was Alabama State's homecoming. Right. Well, what are you doing scheduling Jackson State for your homecoming? I don't think plays into anything. I, I never understood that. That well, doesn't play. That doesn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. First, you're right. That's bad strategy. Well, that's and that's what Dion was talking about in the lead up, right? right. Dion was talking about you schedule you schedule your homecoming game against the against the bad teams, right. right? Yeah. Like I don't know who Memphis's homecoming game is. Uh, uh, Probably Tulsa, I bet. But but like just generally speaking, if you can help it, you don't want to make the best team on your schedule your homecoming game. Right. You know yeah. because. You want that to be fun. You want that to be a celebration of your university. You, I mean, Jackson State has been outscoring opponents before this weekend, one hundred ninety to thirty-seven. Right? There ain't gonna, there ain't a very good chance that you're gonna leave happy, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and look, Alabama State was within two touchdowns. Like that's a victory. It's actually good. But I feel like, what do you expect, man? What do you expect, uh, Deion Sanders to say? Yeah. The ultimate competitor. Uh, you guys think you're gonna just schedule us for your homecoming? Yeah. Like that's what you think of our program. Like I, I, I would not have handled. And again, 
I think Dion's handling of the of of uh, the Southern Heritage Classic is has been pissed. I think there have been other uh, spots where Dion has fallen short. Yeah. But I I am a hundred percent on prime side on this one. Um, I just think you have a coach on on the Alabama State side who was just salty about the way uh, Dion goes about his business. Um, and Dion doesn't owe the swack anything. He doesn't owe uh, Eddie Robinson Jr. anything. He doesn't owe Alabama State anything. I think it's it's it, you should never look a gift a gift horse in the mouth, right? right that's what they say. Right. And that is uh, that's the that's the they had not drawn more than sixteen thousand spectators in their last five homecoming games, uh, but they were that was a sellout. So I mean, again. Dion is bringing revenue. Why are you this salty? How soon is he going to get a Power Five job? Well, I only think there, I think there's only one he wants. Florida State. Yeah, and uh, I, I think he's going to have to wait a little bit, right? It, I look, mean, it looks open after this weekend, doesn't it? Well, they could have easily won. I mean, it came down to you know a, a, a you know uh, inside the five yard line play there for Florida State. I mean, they've looked pretty good at times. They are going the wrong way now. If if it doesn't get stabilized this year, yeah, and they just continue to you know L. stack up these L's, then maybe. But I think that's the one. I mean, why not? Like you can just kill the swag until then. I mean, there's no like it ain't like he needs the money. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's gonna bounce to Arizona State. Everybody's been talking about that. I don't. I don't. He's gonna again, wait again. I, I think this is when when Dion got the job at Jackson State. This was this is this is his East. Yeah, this is his East High School in preparation. For the for the big job, right? It is right because you just wait. He was at he was at prime prep, which was like you know that doesn't even count, right? <laughs> yeah. This is like his East High School yeah. before he gets the Memphis job, and that Memphis job for him is going to be Florida State. He will be the next coach of Florida State, yeah. and that is going to be one of the <sighs> most fascinating coaching tenures. Um, oh, that's going to get crazy. And, and look, I, I don't want Mike Norvell to get fired. Mike Norvell should go to Arizona State. We, 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 I agree with that. We said this two, three weeks ago, right? Like, if it starts going the wrong way, if you could get the seven wins and be bowl Bounce. eligible, where they're not like where right. you're, you're, you on, you're in good setting. Yeah. yeah, like it's not yeah. like, oh, we're going to hire the guy that failed right. at Florida State. No, you're hiring the guy that, you know, Florida State yeah. didn't want. Yeah. Right. And, and or didn't accept. He's at least a winning coach in a power yeah, five. It's, it's and, easily yeah. sellable. He was right? here before. Yeah. And then you and then they hired Dion and they give that a, they yeah. give that a shot. And I I I don't know uh, how that will go. I mean, it, it'll it'll be flashy. It'll be flashy. Oh, I think he would crush it at Florida State. You, I mean, he'll get players. You yeah. know, but it's just different, man. It's so hard to gauge any results in the SWAC because. That is really a, a, a place where if you just get the superior talent, there's so much uh, – there, there's yeah. there, there's not much to go around. I, I do think, though, like I think Eddie Robinson thought he was going to win that game. Well, he clearly did. Yeah, that's why he's salty. They were up 6-0 in the first yeah. quarter, and, yeah. and he's disappointed. He's disappointed, but I would say uh, I would say not to take that out on Deion Sanders, no. uh, and, that's, and that is exactly what happened. All right, we will come back. Jason Fitz is going to join us on the other side. We'll talk to him about the NFL, some college football from this weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. He is Jason Fitz, host of Spain and Fitz, Sports Center on Snapchat, college football shows abound. He's going to go viral on TikTok here really soon with these, uh, these NFL songs. He joins us every Monday. He joins now. Fitz, what's popping, man? Man, I'm just sitting here wishing I was Matt Rule. I got, like, I just, I'm a little shooketh right now. I've got this group, you know, fourth wall break down here. You know, Monday Night Football, we do a digital show. We got this big group thread going. Everybody's reacting to Matt Rule getting fired. And the very first thing I said was, man, we haven't seen the language in his contract. And we got to remember that, like, coaching contracts are fully guaranteed, right? So he's going to get the rest of his money from Carolina no matter what. But if there is no offset language in his contract for college games, which would be normal, mm-hmm. he's going to get, like, $8, $10 million a year to go be the coach at, you know, whatever, Wisconsin, pick your big program. He, he got fired. He's going to double his money for the next four years. I, I, I'm wishing I was Matt Rule. Yeah, I don't feel sad for him at all. Um, you know, what What didn't go right? I mean, was it a – I mean, I know they never found a quarterback. I mean, is that sort of, you know, the, the, the epitaph here on the Matt Rule era that they just never found stability at that quarterback position? I mean, I think that's part of it. But then the other part of it is, like, if you go back to Matt's days in college, he always talked about being a culture builder. And, and I just don't think that works in the NFL. Like, you don't go in and build a culture. You go in and win football games. And once you start winning, the locker room respects you enough that then a culture can be created. But if you're going to come in and say, you know, we're going to create a culture by doing the little things right, and you lose football games, nobody listens to you. So I, I think we have to really start thinking about people that are coaches at the NFL level and ask ourselves, like, what kind of communicators are they? How do they deal with grown men? Because that's what you're dealing with. And, and how do they win football games? Because if you do that, everything else becomes second nature. You know, uh, Tom Brady talked about this, uh, I guess it was last week, and, and, you know, watching Baker Mayfield play football, among others, was sort of a reminder, top to bottom, whether it's Matt Ryan in Indianapolis, whether it's Russell Wilson in Denver, Baker in Carolina, Carson Wentz in Washington. Like, doesn't it say a whole hell of a lot about the state of play at the quarterback position in the NFL that Carson Wentz, who couldn't even score a touchdown at the two-yard line on first and goal, isn't the most pitiful starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, part of that, too, like you you mentioned the the fourth and goal. Every one of those throws looked difficult for Matt Ryan, too. Like, that's the weird part of – of what we saw and you know I was watching it up this morning they were breaking down the play and why it was easy to defend and you're right like we especially in a year where we've got supposedly a bunch of kids coming out that they think are going to be really good uh, we're going to see a big shift for about a third of the league at the quarterback position the weird part about that though is for every single fan base that sits there and says let's go draft a guy I mean we're also sitting here watching Daniel Jones realizing that he's hanging on for dear life trying to to keep his spot in the league. We still don't know if Zach Wilson's any good. Justin mm-hmm. Fields may or may not be a good quarterback. Like, So it's just interesting how we constantly want to replace the bad ones with young ones, thinking that that's going to give us a better chance to win. But, you know, statistically speaking, you got a much better chance of drafting somebody that's going to be out of the league in five or six years or not a starter in five or six years than you do of drafting a Jalen Hurts. Well, I, I, I thought yesterday, even Sunday night last night, Sunday night football – Joe Burrow and Lamar did not look good. Lamar's overthrowing his receivers by 20 yards. Baltimore should have easily won that game. It did not need to come down to a game-winning field goal. I mean, he, he missed two sure touchdowns to DuVernay and then Wallace. And then Joe Burrow's throwing – like, you know, I, I, I think – I really do. I think it is a, it is a stark reminder of the, of the difficulty of the position and probably a, a, a reminder that we take the greats for granted at it. Yeah, well, you're not wrong about that. And, you know, by the way, every time Lamar misses wide open like that, it just feeds that narrative, right, that he's not accurate enough, all the things that we hear. Like, he had two easy touchdowns that were just horribly overthrown. Burrow has not been the same Burrow this year. But another part of what I think makes an element to this, we saw it in the Rams game, too, is that 
You know, frankly, offensive line play is the worst I can ever remember yeah. watching football. Every single team has a bad offensive line. And it's almost like last year when, when we watched the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, people thought, ah, see, you don't need an offensive line. You just change your play calling. Mm-hmm. Well, defensive have had, you know, a year to react to that. The defensive coordinator sat in a lab for the summer and said, how do we attack teams that get rid of the ball quickly with bad offensive lines? And they're doing it to everybody. So suddenly – Last year, we were sitting on first take, you know, arguing about whether Matt Stafford's now a Hall of Famer, right? And he looks incapable, but I'm not putting it on Stafford necessarily. It's just that mm-hmm. when you're getting murdered every time you drop back, I just don't know what people expect. So we, we've got a stark reminder here that not only do we not take the greats and uh, take enough appreciation for them, I don't think we spend enough time paying attention to offensive linemen and how important they are because – most of us just don't know how to to evaluate the position well. No, you're right. I, there are. I was just thinking about it. There are 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and right now, like guys, I know I can count on down to down, game to game. I would say there's only four. I would say it would be Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and I'm gonna put Jalen Hurts in there now. I think he's earned that. Beyond that, like I don't know what I'm getting from Justin Herbert game to game. Now I don't know what I'm getting from Joe Burrow game to game. Lamar Jackson can have, you know, some throws like he had yesterday. Can make it happen on the ground. But, you know, once you get past that group, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, we saw yesterday, like when his weapons aren't there, he is struggling. And that's probably the case for every quarterback. But, you know, that standalone game, it was a reminder. You mentioned Daniel Jones. I was watching that game like we all were. And I know that they're going to probably move on from him, Fitz, and they probably should. He's a flawed quarterback. But for that franchise, they struggle with availability. Tony, Barkley, et cetera. Like, I feel like every year, every week, it's been this guy's out, this guy's out, this guy's out. Yet here comes Daniel Jones every damn week. He's available, and he wills them to a win yesterday. Does that not have to count for something in that organization? His availability and willingness to play through things that his teammates are not? Yeah, and and by the way, look, Daniel Jones – is like about that middle third of the quarterbacks. Like the hardest situation to be in the NFL is not, you know, not having a quarterback. It's what do you do when you got a guy that's pretty good, but pretty good isn't great. So like if you're sitting there, you know, we're both uh, obviously familiar with Derek Carr, right? Like you're sitting there with Derek Carr and you look around and you're like, well, he's certain, no, certainly no Patrick Mahomes. Like you're right. Most of the league isn't Patrick Mahomes. But what do you do if you've got a quarterback that, that's in the category of, pretty darn good and can win you football games, but will lose you football games too. And I think that's where Daniel Jones is. But when you start talking about the number of chances we've given somebody like Carson Wentz to prove himself over and over and over again, I just wonder if a change of scenery would be really good for Daniel Jones. And he's played pretty well this year. Brian Dable has done a nice job. But Dable has also come from a spot where he was super patient when he was able to handle Josh Allen. He handled Josh Allen in a, in a great way, in a vacuum, where it was like we're going to get better at things one at a time. You don't necessarily have that time because of the contract situation that they're in with Daniel Jones. But I think somebody could take Daniel Jones and say, hey, let's take this kid and and just give it the next two or three years of development to see what we've got. I mean, I, I don't see how Daniel Jones isn't a starter somewhere in the NFL this year. It's just the problem is the minute he gets there, somebody's going to say, well, he's a stopgap quarterback that's mm-hmm. going to be a game manager. But – Hell, I'd rather have that than some of the guys that are out here losing games for me. Yeah, I, I would much rather have Daniel Jones than Baker Mayfield, for example, right? 100%. 100%. Like not, not even a, and I would rather have him over Carson Wentz. There's two spots right there for Daniel Jones. Yeah, you are 1,000% right about all of that. And, you know, I, I think Atlanta, we're going to have you know? to watch, watch the shakeup, too, because when teams decide they're going to draft young guys, not all of them are going to be ready to play. Daniel Jones could go somewhere – and, and do the thing, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like I go in and I'm going to spend a couple of years reminding everybody I'm better than you think. Like, I just don't think his career is over yet. I'm going to ask you for a preview tonight and then another look ahead. Raiders, Chiefs, the numbers are not pretty. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is averaging 37 points a game against the Raiders in his last eight games. He is 7-1 and one straight up against the Raiders in his last eight games. The one win did come in Kansas City. Uh, do the Raiders have any chance to, to recreate that and find a win tonight? I don't think so, but if they're going to do it, it's going to come from the game plan we saw against, uh, against the Broncos. Like, uh, realistically, the Raiders are 
like a lot of teams right now, if you look at the advanced metrics on quarterbacks out of play action, it's alarming what a difference play action makes. you got to run the ball well to throw the ball well. That's still true even from spread shotgun offenses. So I think if the Raiders come out and they can run the ball well, particularly on first down, that's the method. The only method, you got to be able to run the ball on first down even though they know you're trying to run the ball on first down to the point that you get yourself in second and five, second and six. And if you can do that, you can have success against Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs. That's the only way. You're going to have to keep them off the field. If, if this turns into a shootout, mm-hmm. I don't trust the Raiders' offensive line to be able to contain this, and it turns into a 30-point loss. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be an ugly football game. But I also think it's ugly because there are two teams in the AFC that I'd be willing to, if I had to today, to, to bet my house on to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, that would be the Bills and the Chiefs. Everybody else is some margin of eh to me. So, you know, I I think that's part of why here. The Raiders are going to lose this game, but then they'll have the bye week and then take a look at the schedule. They go on a run that Vegas is going to have them favored in five of the six next games. So uh, just like I don't believe in the Giants, even though they're 4-1, I'm not counting out the Raiders, even though they'll be one and four. Yeah, and I think something that's going for the Raiders tonight, man, is that it's it's sort of a sandwich game for Kansas City. So before this game, they had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a Super Bowl rematch. Emotions were high. They crushed them. Well, right after this game is the rematch from the Divisionals a year ago against the Bills. So the Raiders were sort of coming at, in the Chiefs' schedule, I think, at a good time in terms of you know how locked in are the Chiefs, are the Chiefs going to overlook the Raiders because of their record because of their dominance with the Chiefs waiting in the win next uh, with the Bills waiting in the win next week speaking of which the Chiefs opened as two and a half point underdogs to Buffalo and by the way this game is not a primetime game who dropped the ball on this yeah I mean that's kind of wild to me that's got to be one of those moments where one of the networks came in and said no you can't do this we pay too much money for you to take all of our good games right so CBS comes in and says nope we're going to keep this one in the afternoon slate. So that, that's, that's throwing a bone to somebody that pays billions of dollars nah. for what could end up being the game of the year. I mean, I, I just, I'm not usually that guy that comes in, you know, hyping these games to that level. But, man, if there's a game on the calendar coming up that you just want to pop the popcorn, be in the seat, you know, turn off all your devices, tell everybody not to bother you and sit back and watch, it's that one. So I, I, I think this is, this is primed. And it's also partially part primed because – both teams are really playing well. Like, this isn't just a rematch that's a cute talking point. Like, these are two teams that are playing incredibly solid football right now. Like, this this just feels like the game of the year. I agree totally. Two more things before we let you go, Fitz. We're talking to Jason Fitz here, host of Spain and Fitz. Catch him on uh, Monday Night Football show tonight on Twitter. And then uh, Spain and Fitz right here on 90 FM ESPN. Um, I'm sure you've seen the dust-up between Deion Sanders and Eddie Robinson Jr. there from over the weekend. Um, and, and it seems very personal, and I, and I think there are a lot of things that are sort of going into this. Um, was Eddie Robinson Jr. wrong to react the way he did? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a better way to handle it, even if you're not fans of somebody. Like, sometimes one of the, the keys in life to being an adult is you just got to suck it up and go with the moment and wait to hold your, your – to wait to say your piece. I mean, I think we've all had to do that in life, and – if he had something, a grudge in this situation against Dion, you got to understand how many cameras are, are there right there. And most importantly, you're representing your school. That's what you're all like. I, I just, I believe coaches represent their schools and mm-hmm. they don't always do a great job of it. So the answer there is if he wants to bro hug you and, and like you want to do the whole dap up thing, like you can do it. And then by the way, you can hold him right next to, you can have your face two inches from his ear and you can tell him what you think of him in a real way right there, but just shoving him off and then go into the microphone to talk about it. Like, there was no win in any of that for him. So I, I think that was the wrong approach. And then um, on Saturday, uh, a meeting of undefeateds. Alabama taking on Tennessee. We will see, obviously, on Bryce Young. Um, what do you think? I mean, this is in Knoxville. It's been, I don't know, 7,578 days since Alabama has lost to Tennessee. Uh, what does this game look like to you? I think we're focusing on the wrong side of the ball uh, with all the conversation about it because we know Tennessee is going to score. The most interesting part of this game to me is that Alabama's offensive line has not been great this year at all. And uh, right now, no team has more quarterback pressures in all the SEC than Tennessee does. So, you know, we understand that Tennessee needs to tighten up their defense in some ways, but that's because Tennessee defensively seems to have one approach which is, you know, try and try and kill the quarterback. Like, that's all they're doing and everything that they do. So, 
it has worked, and I think they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure. If Bryce Young doesn't play in this game, I think the Vols win. If Bryce Young does play in this game, this is one of those epic toss-up football games. It's hard for me to ever bet against Saban because he's brilliant and he's better than everybody else. But if I'm just looking right now at the way if – I, if I didn't have brands or names and I just watched the mm-hmm. film on these two teams in generic jerseys, Tennessee's playing better football right now. So, you know, at home in front of that crowd, I think there's a real opportunity. Yeah. Fitz, you are the best, my friend. Thank you for the time, as always. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. He is Jason Fitz. Joins us every single Monday here on the show. Yeah, I agree with him. Don't think the Raiders have much of a shot. Can they keep it close? They can keep it close. But if they try to get into a, you know, a gunfight here with Mahomes, that'll get ugly. You and Fitz, both Raiders fans, you were both keeping it real about this game, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs are unbelievable. They are unbelievable. I mean, I, I've seen. I mean, again, I've, I've, I know what it looks like with Mahomes. Yeah, seven and one against yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to get the eight and one. And yet, before Jason left, he's like, I can see the Raiders winning this game. I don't think the Raiders can win this game. I think they can keep it close. I think they can make Mahomes sweat a little bit right. just because they're overlooking the Raiders a little bit tonight. I don't see a win. I'd love to be surprised. Trust me, this is not coming at a good time in the season though, where your season is basically dependent on a win. You got to get against the Chiefs. Yeah, you, you still wore your Raiders year in, so that's good. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 festive. Yeah, and they played even night. shoes. Oh, Those yeah. shoes are on amazing. These are these are uh, you know Air Jordan. Those are badass Air shoes Jordan. you have on today. If, if people only could see through the radio. Uh, yeah, if only they could see them. Yeah, man. these are exclusive though, exclusive yeah. to you. Very nice. Uh, all right, we're gonna come back, wrap it up here on a Monday. Jason and John, Eddie Turner, FM, ESPN. Jeff Calkins. We talk about the hot topics, and it doesn't matter if they're Grizzlies, Tigers, what whatever they might be. At least that's what we try to do. We try to talk about what we think will resonate the best. The Jeff Hawkins Show, weekdays 9 a.m. till 11 a.m., 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN, broadcasting throughout the entire Mid-South on Blowtorch 680 a.m. and in pristine HD FM on 92.9 FM in Memphis. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Hey, hey, records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental. I own them all. Homer Skelton Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Millington is where you should go if you need a new car. The Ram Power Day is going on right now. 0% APR for 72 months on those beautiful Ram 1500s. Good looking truck there. They got the brand new Jeep Wagoneers incentives on the Grand Wagoneers, on the Grand Cherokee. See, here's the difference between the guys at Homer Skelton, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram, and Millington and everybody else. They really want to make you a deal. And you're going to feel that the minute that you walk in. They want to put you in the car you want, the price you want. They're going to do as good a job as they can to help you find that deal. So, do yourself a favor. Get on down to Homer Scout and Crosby Dodge Jeep Ram Millington. Go see our man Shaq and find out why they're just four guys changing lives, four tires at a time. More than four guys, right? But they are guys changing lives, four tires at a time. We're back. Jason and John, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Uh, a couple things that I wanted to uh, bring up before we get out of here. One is Grizzlies had their open practice, 
And uh, Drew Hill's got a piece up at the Daily Memphian about ticket prices this season. Yeah, let's let's give me the news. Uh, they're going up. Yeah, they are. I mean, and, and and I think there's a few things right that 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 impact that that influence that. Mm-hmm. A the macroeconomic conditions. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be Jerome Powell here, but uh, inflation is a real thing, right? <laughs> and it's insidious. Yeah. And it shows up, you know, uh, in 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 everything. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is a that is a natural uh, progression, but also there is a, a John Morant tax. Oh, for sure. That gets passed down to the consumer. And and look, why shouldn't it? Why would why should it be different in this market than it would be anywhere else? I mean, I know that you know we have uh, economic challenges, but you know, look around the league. I still would venture to guess the Grizzlies have one of the cheaper get-in prices of any NBA team that's competing for anything. Right. Right. Forget like. Any NBA team, like any NBA team that's competing and has a superstar player, I bet the Grizzlies come in 25, 30, 40% or more lower than. 100%. So it's like, you know, you really, it's, it, it's kind of the same thing with the Memphis football team, right? Every time the Memphis football team raises prices by like 10%, yeah. you know, everybody like goes out of the, you know, go crazy. But it's like, dude, they're already 30 bucks. I, I do think the difference, though, is that. You can create real demand with the Grizzlies, like you know. Oh, for you can, sure. You can, especially because you've got the tier pricing for the lower deck. Mm-hmm. Like I would expect all of those lower. De- I was looking at the prices for the preseason game on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Like lower deck Friday night for preseason on like you know the Ticketmaster, which is their official broker for the NBA, and like yeah. they, they hooked up to their website. I mean, it's like 150 bucks for a preseason game. Yeah. So uh, Drew's got it. The cheapest tickets in the lower bowl. Seating area for the arena are going for close to a hundred bucks after fees. That's nothing. Yeah, that's about what that should be. That's the lower bowl. Don't you think that's about what that should be? Uh, Min- yeah, minimum. I, I think it could be double. I think that. it should be more than that. It's the New York Knicks. It's the opener. Uh, oh, that one will be should be more than that. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I, again, I know that uh, this is this is <clears throat> you know an increase. This is maybe maybe more than it would otherwise be. It's a Wednesday night, but still. Yeah. So. According to Ticket IQ, the Grizzlies had one of the cheapest average ticket prices on the secondary market last season at $100 a seat. That was 26th in the NBA. I'm surprised that's that's not the lowest. But that was a 47% increase from the average ticket price on the secondary market for games in 2019-20. But again, difference is the team's better. John Morant's better. Yep. They were two uh, a two seed in the West, right? They made the playoffs. Um, you know, like uh, I just feel like that is to be expected. Oklahoma City had an average price, to, uh, average ticket price of one hundred and sixty-three dollars. They're not; they're horrible. They're not going anywhere, you know. So I feel like you kind of, at some level, interesting. You got to kind of like suck it up. I'm assuming that it's probably New Orleans is lower than you. Yeah, the I Kings mean, in Sacramento probably lower than you. Yeah, he doesn't have the list broken out. Yeah. But I mean, the tr- truth is, is that the Grizzlies were a top four team in the NBA last <laughs> yeah. year, right? I mean, they, they were, you know, they yeah. were the two seed in the in the in the West, right. um, and their ticket prices are twenty sixth. It doesn't add up, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, so if they go it's up the market. a little bit, yeah. then it's it's. I think it's totally inbounds. And again, you just yeah. gave John Morant a super max contract, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, this is just you know, this is <clears throat> this is. I, I don't think they complain. I mean, people buy Knicks tickets no matter what the price is. I don't think people will complain at these prices. Yeah. It, it's different. Like Memphis, they'll begrudgingly bitch about it. I think with the Grizzlies, it's not yeah. ideal. But yeah. I think people will go, yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay it. You know? I, I, I think it sets up a really <clears throat> a fascinating year for the Grizz because you know, they are coming off of a, a, a year that nobody anticipated they would have this quickly. And they're... they're you know they're shaking some things up. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Anderson is gone. DeAnthony Melton is gone. Jaron is not going to be healthy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really most interested to see how the fan base could, would, and and could handle a slow start. I think if they're close to what they did last year, they'll be fine. Well, that's hard to do. It is hard to do. Be the two seed, but yeah. I, I think if you're in the top six, I, I think they're a capable franchise. Like I watched that game Friday night, the, yeah. the preseason game. The Grizzlies, one thing is clear. They want to win every game no matter who's playing. For but, sure. but the problem is they were playing the Heat, and the Heat want to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, no matter if they're playing their second string dudes or what. So like I think they're I think they're a really good team. I think they'll be in the top six. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh and I also go back to things I've said before, like the road to success and the road to a championship is not always linear, right? Right. Like there are 
there are like the Bucks are a perfect example of this. The Bucks got to the conference finals, got to the conference finals, got to the conference finals. Then they didn't. Then they got to the semifinals, right? Right. And then they got to the championship and won the championship. Yeah. So there was a step back, and everybody was going crazy. Fire Budenholzer, la 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 la. Oh, it was bad. You know. Yeah. But but the year after that, they go to the championship and they win the championship. So like I I would just stress that if the season is a little bit worse than last yeah. year, that's I think. Natural. I think it's uh, that they they had a supernova season where everything kind of came together. The West is better. Guys are coming That's back. That's the problem. They didn't play last That's year. That's the problem. You're getting a full year. Clay, Kawhi is back. Paul George is yeah. healthy. Like it's okay if you are the four or the five or the, even the six. And right? I think people would be fine with that. But I think it's going to be a challenge to get there. But again, like it's easy to say now. Yeah, I know. But when we're in that, you know, here's the, here's what would derail it. I think after watching Friday's game, it's going to be Jaw's health and Bain's health. Like you, those starters. I know. I don't. I think Jaron's important, but I I think if you can withstand one dude, you can't withstand two big time dudes well, going down for injury. I I think. That kind of remains to be seen because of the defensive impact. They don't have anybody to no replace Jaron. Yeah, like Tyus could run a team, right? Right, like he could. Right, and and Santi Aldama can't block shots. That's right. I mean, he's just not. You know, Jaron was a real impetus for the Grizzlies in the interior. Yeah, and I think that's the guy. That's that's from a game to game, he is the hardest to replace. So I'm hoping he is back sooner than later for the Grizzlies. That is going to do it for us today. Thanks to Jason Fitz for joining us on the show. Thanks to Brian Windhorst for hopping on. Uh, and thanks to Mike Wall. Giannotto and Jeffrey up next. Don't miss it for Jason, who is in Belize officially. He is there now. He's waiting on that little small plane to come take him to, to where his dad lives. For Jason, I'm John. We're gone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.